It's been a while. Welcome back to another episode of Who's Code Again. I'm your host, Abhin. Uh, and yes, it's been quite a while. <laughs> it's been a bit of a chaotic end to the year. If you've been paying attention to the channel or to the podcast, so things have been a little all over the place. So it's been taking some time for us to, to reorganize, so to speak. But we're back and hopefully, once again, the goal is to remain consistent and upload <laughs> on a weekly basis. I hope to sustain that goal in 2023. I am joined on the pod with an old friend, an old friend of the pod, uh, Vishnu. Who you remember, for those of you who've been listening for however long the pod's been up. Uh, welcome back, dude. Nah, good to be back, man. Good to see you again. It's been a while. Good to see hope you are yeah, a good definitely. start to the year. Yeah, so far, I mean, can't really complain. The year the has been what it is. It's been a fairly slow start, but things are picking up. At least this week, things have been picking up bit by bit. Yeah. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, Vishnu is an Arsenal fan and he's having an absolutely wonderful season. And I have to mention that I do support Man United, so I can't say that my season is going too bad either. So just a bit of context before we jump into the pod and like start dissecting the main topics. So let's start the show. Dang. Okay. Cool. All right. Vishnu, how are things, man? I mean, as they say, <laughs> life's good when your team's doing good or the other way around. It can go either way, right? I but know. We have a bit of a an, an AFT celebrity. I caught you on AFTV the other day in the fans. Oh, I was just, just did it for fun, man. Just did it for fun, like... Just saw cool, that, like I, actually that was uh, I think uh, yeah after the Newcastle game so I was just exiting yeah. the stadium and then I just happened to see them like on the same side I was on of the mm-hmm. stadium so mm-hmm. I just waited for a couple of minutes and then I'd actually met them earlier in Baku and I'd gone for the your one came for the European final basically 2019 mm-hmm. oh, so I met him before so I said yeah. So then I, I met oh, met Robbie again, and he's like, "Hey, good to see you, man." Because there's like a mm-hmm. bunch of us, right? And then mm-hmm. he's like, "I'll get, I'll probably get you on later because there's a bunch of people." So he, he kept mm-hmm. his word. <laughs> so that, that's pretty cool, dude. I mean, I like. I felt like you're the only fan there who came in with some sort of prior ball knowledge. Everyone was just waffling about getting Mudrik in there, and but you were like, "No, this is this is the setup from the previous game." This was. <laughs> And it like there was a, a direct comparison between the two games and how Mudrik could have changed. Yeah, uh, I actually got one thing wrong. I, I I switched it up actually. Newcastle at home last weekend. I said they were away, so I made I didn't no. make a mistake there. They they drew to Leeds in that game as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you could clearly make out that they had an eye for the big game. They knew that Arsenal was the big game, and they couldn't mm-hmm. lose away from home. And if you see mm-hmm. the the drawn a lot of games and they've con- even though they've conceded just I think 11 11 goals 11 or 12 goals yeah. mm-hmm. they have, they've had too many draws and once that starts happening those games can go the other way like I noticed yeah. that like I watched last night's game between them and Leicester in the Leicester, yeah. mm-hmm. and they had, like both halves they just had quick starts but that game could have gone either way if Leicester had taken their chances mm-hmm. like in either Very half cool. at different stages of the game I only caught the highlights and in the highlights it looked like they were peppering them from start to finish so I mean I clearly have seemed to have missed context with that with that game no they were they were peppering them but Leicester had mm-hmm. their chances before they opened the scoring so you know one mm-hmm. of those games where if the opposition scores the game completely changes so like yeah. for Newcastle to not they just scored what two goals 
and yeah two they scored two dan burn yeah dan burn yeah. and uh, who's the other one jolinton jolinton scored the second yeah they peppered them but they just nick two like that's that's the mm. problem they're having in front of goal there i think what callum wilson isn't exactly um, fit at the moment and rather he doesn't look fit he came back from the world cup with an injury uh, and I, i i don't god knows what happens to alexander i i know what he is Yeah, but hopefully, you know, people start taking results of Newcastle. Like it's high time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I mean, what do you think of Newcastle so far? Like, what kind of a season do you think they've had? At least from what I watched, that that particular game, like, like you notice they don't have like big players or like big names, but it's just like how well organized they are. Like each game, like Eddie Howe comes in like a proper structure game plan. He knows exactly. where to stop particular players in particular teams and it's just like a like a good team like it's not individuals like even though everyone talks about almiron and joe linton and kumar mm-hmm. and all these guys like they do their bits but then it's just solidity at the back no like even their midfield like who do they have like there's no big player yeah. when you talk about like for united for its casemiro for arsenal its party for you know the city it's the big guys like for newcastle you don't even talk about people in those key areas but they still like they're so well organized like you can't take anything away from them i think there's a big uh, what do you call this there's a big uh, lift in of uh, in the team that's happened because of bruno gimarish's entry a lot of newcastle fans and whatever support that i've managed to catch on on youtube speak very highly of him about how he's galvanized their midfield how everything goes through him and how like he's always directing getting the ball forward almost like a like a mini casemiro kind of a situation yeah even that last the game like he had a couple of good shots just went wide oh, yeah, i noticed from just outside the Another box day, yeah and this uh, that's the thing right like i read this little bit about eddie how how after bournemouth got relegated and he got the sack he ended up going across europe and he spent some time with atletico madrid trying to understand um like just how 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 to be difficult to break down and i think that's the first thing that newcastle have done really well they're very irritating to play <laughs> against i noticed this when they came to old trafford and played against united and they just sat in their blocks of four and said fine come break us down and you have to be on it on your day to break them down i think the only team they've, they've won loss all season against liverpool and that happened one in the loss, 98 yeah. in the 98th minute so there I, i mean if they keep going the way they're going i believe they have enough to sustain a top 4 run they may not finish in it but they're definitely there they they if they do it they deserve it it's one of those seasons Yeah, I mean, given how how they're performing, I don't think any of us would be surprised. Like Almiron in your FPL team is just <laughs> like bumping numbers. He's had a bit of a um, a slow start post World Cup, but I feel he'll be back there. Be back, yeah. But speaking of, uh, let's let's get to let's get let's get to Arsenal. How are you feeling? <laughs> it's like telling man, Arsenal. Before. I feel uh, uh, like if you look at. not just arsenal if you look at like united as well i feel mm-hmm. both both of them are basically ahead of schedule if you compare oh, this very much so mm-hmm. like there are a lot of parallels to 
not very like they're not exactly similar, but Arsenal are way ahead of schedule. Like the Newcastle game showed that the squad depth isn't there. Maybe you can compete mm-hmm. in maximum two competitions right now, mm-hmm. but we're still yeah. way ahead of schedule in terms of just consistent performances week in week out, style of play, clear identity, what the manager wants to do, what each player's roles are in the team. I mean, you know what you're getting now when you watch Tune mm-hmm. and that's all that, yeah, exactly. that people ask for. And even like talking about the Newcastle game, like you knew last season or even against United earlier in this season, Arsenal mm-hmm. have learned their lessons. Like they didn't go chasing yeah. for the win, they didn't get frustrated, didn't get bogged down, didn't fall into that Newcastle trap of, you know, mm-hmm. stop start, trying to get into like these squibbles off the pitch because there were a couple mm-hmm. of them pressuring the referee, yeah. they didn't fall for that. So it's clear, like, it's good to know Arsenal have learned from their mistakes, you know, from last season and even that United game. That's the, the first half. I, I was being, uh, in, I mean, I was working during the time, but I was kind of like watching the game in the background. There were about five, four, five yellow cards in the first half. The referee kind of lost his rag that game. You were in the stadium for that game. So you knew what the atmosphere is like. He, he booked, he, I think there were three Arsenal players carded before Newcastle mm-hmm. player was carded. And Newcastle, no, I think, no. had already made four or five fouls before that. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it was it, it, inconsistent. It seemed like. But that just seemed to galvanize the crowd even more because the one thing I've begun to notice about Arsenal, and this is very common, is the way they begin halves, or even games for that matter. Um, because... In the in the first half, they they rush you. It's like there's there's this force that just comes at you, hundred miles an hour, and most teams are not ready for it. And when when they get that goal, automatically they have the advantage. But I think the only time where they've really had to work late into the game for that goal is was was Wolves, right? And even then, those goals came pretty quickly. Like the Odegaard oh, couple of instances: Wolves, Fulham at home. Uh, mm-hmm. Liverpool, Fulham, definitely, where, yeah. where we had to come back into the game. So there have been like instances mm-hmm. where we've, we have had to come back into games, but you know, in, even in those games, they're going to come back. Yeah. Like but I feel, this was a different kind of test. Like, what, what if Arsenal don't score early and then, you know, what yeah. happens then? We don't have enough options on the bench. And then those are the questions, the same questions that are going to be asked now before the derby. Because both. I think, yeah. 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 I think you, like you said, right? Arsenal are super ahead of schedule. I didn't think they'd be pushing for a title this year, and I still believe when, when the fixture congestion comes, that for no fault of their own, the squad just isn't built to handle those handle those many games. Like Bukayo Saka is has been playing, I think, in my mind for the last two and a half years straight back to back. I. Don't yeah, remember but Arteta the last alluded to that early in the season where he said he's support, he's expected to play 60, 70 games a season for a top if he wants to be a top player. That's what all yeah, but you also do. But you'd want him to be consistent. Like I, I see the thing is this is the Rooney problem for me, where you bought a player in early and he played those 60, 70 games, and then one fine season he fell off a cliff. Uh and like I like Bukayasaka. I think he's out of the entire Arsenal squad, him and Martinelli. Martinelli, I have, I, I think, has the highest ceiling because he, a lot of what he does reminds me of Ronaldo in the early stage, the flashy Ronaldo, where he had he had the fancy footwork, especially his his gait when he runs, is very reminiscent of of CR seven. Doesn't mess it about. Yeah. He's just twenty one direct. Yeah. 
yeah, 21, 22. And so I'm very excited to see what kind of player he becomes. And, and Saka, of course, at the World Cup, side by side with Rashford, is probably the the two best English players uh, on the pitch. Like the thing about so, Martinelli is just look at the number of influence uh, stats from his left foot. That's his weaker mm-hmm. foot. But mm-hmm. I think he's got a couple of goals from his left foot already this season, which is very surprising. Yeah, he's working on it, and that's the thing, right? Like, and he's how old is he? Twenty two. Yeah, twenty one. I think twenty one. Me too. Like the, the spine of that team, or rather, just generally, like the forward line, and even even going so far as to like go back, going to the defense. I believe uh, Saliba is down to a, his final year of his contract. They they've pulled an extension very uh, recently. I think because he was down to his last six months this year, but they've added a plus one to it. Is is what I was told. Yeah, and I think in that. Negotiation, those negotiations are still going on between for him, Saka, and Martinelli is, I think, done, but it's not announced yet. No, that that I feel post Mudrik is is when uh, that you'll probably like. I, I think Mudrik is possibly the only business you do this 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 January, unless you can go in and getting another centre midfield. I don't think the way, at least given given the way you conduct business, I don't think you guys would. Jump into the market for another midfielder. Be content with one player because Smith is back, so he's another option Mm. in midfield, even though he's not a direct replacement. I mean, Mm. last season you saw El Nenny, like he was efficient enough to replace Partey, but the situation is going to be different. Like, yeah, this season you have Man City breathing down your necks, uh, and that's going to be an, an interesting, interesting run. But, but you know what? I find it really funny, though. I find it absolutely hilarious that City by Haaland, he scores forty plus goals, and Arsenal win the league. That that would just be the most absurd. A couple of things like that. Day. So even like the Liverpool fans are like, you know, we worked, we waited for so many years. Klopp, you know, went through this entire thing. Is won the Champions League, won us the Premier League, and Arsenal are going to do it on their first attempt. What if that happens? Like, it's like <laughs> it's hilarious. Like. Like it's, this is it's no longer. I think you're in that that Leicester part of the season where you've had a phenomenal start, built on it, and then the momentum has just kicked in. Like it's now you're like okay, you're, you're cruising, and it would take something a, a highly stupid decision to derail what's happening. So I think you might hit a speed bump here and there, but for the most part, top four is secured. Yeah, that, I mean, that, at least like the, I think the important question is: Will Arsenal fans be disappointed if we don't win the league? I think everyone will be disappointed if we don't win the league. But realistically, if mm-hmm. even if we don't win the league and we get top two, top top two, which we'll most likely do, that's a good season. Mm-hmm. Like that's still it's a, a great solid season. season. That's a a great still season, a man. solid season. But the thing is, of course, people are going to be disappointed if you if you don't win the league because you've been up there for so long, and it's just even though you don't want to, like most people don't want to say it, right? And you're like, okay, but at the end, it, it's it's a big what if that that plagues you. You're like, I would have loved to have been like, what what if United? What if Arsenal had won the league? Like, what if like we'd gone on this run, and what if we'd navigated Europe? Well. Still possible. I'm like I'm. I am not going to go out on a limb and say they won't win the league. It's just that City have a B team capable of challenging for the titles. <laughs> that's just 
um, my only concern yeah but that's what, the, what i think the difference is even for you coming back to the scheduling for this month i think city had the most number of games they played five six games in all competitions united are playing four games including last night in 12 days and this yeah. month i think was the critical period for is the critical period for arsenal to win the next two games to take advantage mm-hmm. of the scheduling because europe going to europe's going to start now again from feb mm-hmm. march and then we are in the fa cup still we'll probably get knocked mm-hmm. out <laughs> against city next round i think that's on the 20 i don't know man you you guys in city in the fa cup is there's always one story i have every time i said you guys you guys are getting knocked out of the fa cup <laughs> invariably Aubameyang will pop up with a goal. Sanchez will pop up with a goal, uh, and Arsenal will go. Yeah, but it's, go it's about prioritizing, right? Arsenal know like what their squad is about. We, if we're going to focus on the main prize, go for the big one. Like it's all well and good yeah. for Arteta to say we have a rich history in the FA Cup and all that, but this hmm. the, this opportunity that the club has this season to take advantage of that, he knows where to put his eggs in, and in which basket he needs to put them in, and focus. Yeah. entirely on the big prize yeah I, i mean i would but would you like i mean would you trade the surety of an fa cup win to the possible for the possibility of a, of a premier league like a, a top four no chance you, cup you, would be, hmm. we won it we won it the most number of times anyway that, like hmm. we, we've got that you know even in the bad seasons we won those fa cups and stuff but this opportunity hmm. that we have five points is not a lot the season mm-hmm. will start to i think mid march you'll you'll see that because the games are going to come thick and fast thick and fast and that's yeah. when uh, mid march is what when hazus is back right if not earlier because he's he put a story out earlier today i think it's he said 5 weeks mm-hmm. on his story mm-hmm. but it could be anything between 5 and 8 yes you, you don't quite know But speaking of um, teams that aren't winning anything through their golden periods, <laughs> you have the North London derby this this week um, at the Lane, right? I don't know, or, or as it's yeah. called, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. They're still trying to find uh, a naming, the, trying to find the naming rights for it. You know, that's the reason. Uh, this is something I learned last week. that is one of two reasons as to why the um, the bid for the world cup in 2030 for england is being held up because daniel levy hasn't <laughs> fixed it hasn't sorted out the naming rights that's crazy but i think i think that actually one of the stadiums selected for the euro bid as well yeah the the euro bid is what 2028 and that's not yeah i think so yeah And so the 2030 i know that these guys are competing but okay for the euros as well <laughs> unless levy decides to pull his finger out of his ass and and make a and make a deal and so very surprising for him though but yeah this is this is a ground traditionally arsenal haven't had the best of luck with um i remember yeah, last season's fixture yeah. it's just a thing arsenal win the game at the emirates and spurs win it at at uh, at the Tottenham stadium but given spurs form this season this is probably the most confident you've been or you've looked going into a north london derby away yeah but i mean as i say that even though they're not playing well they've got harry kane he's like what if haland had not has not scored these many goals he's like it's crazy some crazy form which has been just overshadowed by haland 
So anything can happen. These guys, man, like even last season, the situation was a little different. But I think mm. this season, even a draw, like we'll take a draw. We'll be happy with a draw. A draw it, sounds... It, away from home, it, mm. given our record at that particular ground, like I think the last time we won was like 1-0 when Rosicki scored early in the game. Like Ola 2016 or something like that. No, yeah, 2016. 2016. Yeah. yeah. The, the, in the, in the, I think he scored both in the cup and as well as um, in the league. So I think that's yes. probably like it's been easily six, seven years. I think given the form and I mean, Tottenham got that 4-0 win, they got that 1-0 against Portsmouth, but I think Arsenal could nick it. But I think a draw would be would be more realistic. Maybe 1-1, one, one, but maybe Arsenal nick it 2-1. <laughs> Yeah, I think a two-one sounds very reasonable. Sounds like the best result in that game. I strongly feel that's also, what you're going to I end up with. If you look at Arsenal's away record this season, they've been very, very good away from home. Very. Good they have, like but, especially uh, against Brighton, that New Year's Day game. Uh, oh man, that was that was something. Like oh, that was what, a, less than forty percent possession. And, and they were three Brighton's nil. a tough place to go to last couple of seasons. Oh, especially with with Roberto Di Zebri. he his teams pressed like hell. It's a very very difficult place to go to. But I think they navigated it well. And then I he took off Partey in in the 60th or the 70th minute. And yeah, he made then two changes. Arsenal, he removed White and Partey, and then that that whole side just collapsed on that side. Both yeah, both go, all their goals came from that particular side. Yeah, Mitoma just went on a run, and that guy is a bargain. They got him for three million or something uh, from from Reading or uh, Kauru Mitoma, and he was playing university football about three years ago. So, <laughs> if there's anything you need to poach, is you need to poach Brighton's uh, <laughs> scout team because they seem to be unearthing these diamonds in the rough on a regular basis. There's um, even dog battle between Arsenal and I think Spurs for Trossard. So that's another side distraction going on at the moment. Yeah, I, I I think Trossard makes the right decision by going to Arsenal, given in the fact that he will be completely um, whittled down in the Spurs team if Conte stays. I don't think he's going to stay, though. I feel he too has kind of realized that this team is beyond saving. Um, I think Spurs could be in real trouble before the end oh, of the season. In- if- because Kane's got one year left on his contract. We don't know if Conte is going to stay. And that period where they didn't take advantage of, you know, with Poch, then Mourinho, and then consequently him, it's just going to come back to bite them. Like, it's crazy. If they if they don't go far in the Champions League, if they don't win anything, and if they don't qualify for next year's Champions League, I think Kane walks this season. And I think he walks... For a for a big team, see. So my whole thing is, if I were Harry Kane, yes, I know there's the Alan Shearer record staring me in the face, two sixty goals. But dude, go win yourself a trophy. Like you are too good to be <laughs> to be haggling around in the Premier League, trying to like um, chase that record. Go go to Bayern Munich. They'll welcome you with open arms. And the league is a lot more open. It's a lot more technical, but it's a lot more open than the Premier League. You will run riot for five years. There's a chance you go deep into a Champions League. 
this he's i think he's tied to jimmy greaves as spurs's top scorer so there's that narrative going into the north london derby because he can break it there and so, he always <laughs> scores i don't know he must have scored the most number of penalties in the north derby like invariably i feel like he'll get one i think you need to mentally prepare yourself for it like it's um it's coming one one penalty so you started one nil down and from there arsenal <laughs> kicked on i think i but i think this season as i said earlier like i think arsenal have learned their lessons and i think it's going to be a different game at, at their stadium i think it's going to be don't a play, more yeah don't play rob holding that's it you play rob holding nah. it's <laughs> like he got i think was it the last game yeah, was it the last derby where the sun last season, him yeah up? that penalty yeah. not even the penalties like the two yellow cards because he got us all sent off right yeah so i mean <laughs> even last season that's a good thing point you make because last season we had a number of injuries going into that game as well no party a couple mm. of center backs missing the season we actually going in with a full strength squad so the situation is mean, barring jesus i mean I'm barring jesus but and he's been in great form i mean he can only score in, against teams he's playing against you can't ask yeah. any more from him and even in that newcastle game like he worked his socks off like one of those balls catches or sticks on he's got a couple mm-hmm. of chances in that game as well so like if if he scores like the best way to get arsenal fans behind him he has to get a goal in the derby like yeah, like in the short a, term. a goal in the derby gives you so much credit and I think with Enkete, he's he's a very divisive player, right? When it comes to the fan base, because the fan base is very split about him. There's one that obviously um, favors him because he came through the Hayland Academy, right? So, and the other is obviously like he's not good enough. We need better replacements. The Arsenal fan base, especially in terms of, and 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 this is true for a lot of fan bases, but more so with the Arsenal fan base. it's the the spectrum of opinions that you get very rarely are there people in the middle ground it's either they're completely great or they're completely shit <laughs> and yeah. i don't know correct me if i'm wrong but doesn't he remind you of phase when united had like rooney and a couple of people but welbeck used to just be there and thereabouts but he because of his yeah. injuries and is not he used to not get many games back to back but whenever he used to come right. in during that when he was fit he was on mm-hmm. it Like you couldn't fault oh, yeah. him, right? Yeah, definitely. Like for I his work rate, be... for what he provided, the hold-up play, good, good on headers. Like he was solid when he was fit. I feel he's in that category. I was drinking from the Danny Welbeck Kool-Aid. I kid you not. He'd come on in a, in a cup game and he'd score this absolute banger. I was like, yes. We, and for me, Luis Suarez was was a great. Uh, was like one of my cult heroes. I used to really like the guy, and then he clearly was not fit, and he was on his way out. and in comes Danny Welbeck and they're like oh we have a replacement in the academy and he could never stay fit like he invariably would always like yeah, crumble but, for some way or the other but i think if any stays fit he's going to just be there like he we'll see how far he can go but he, he he's at least showing signs that he can be consistent enough whenever he's playing and that's all you can ask for i don't think fitness has ever been his problem i just that he's always been second in line to whoever the striker has been so he doesn't get playing time um and yeah, exactly Jesus, so yeah. yeah so with the hazus injury it's kind of like it came as a blessing in disguise for him not so for the arsenal fans because you lose that that pressing forward that intense pressing forward um but will be i'm very intrigued to see how how he performs over the next couple of weeks because now he is the main man he has to burden and shoulder the responsibility 
mean, it, like this is the biggest spotlight you could have possibly shown on the kid because you're not just in for like a top four race, right? You're in for the title. And yeah. Mm. Again, like end of last season, the big goals he scored against were, I think he scored two at the bridge. And that was yeah. again coming in and out of the team. But this time again, going into the big games, the next two games, he's had a run of games. So you mm-hmm. can't have any excuses now not putting in a performance, even if he doesn't score, put in a performance in the next two games. And the fans will obviously see that and appreciate it. They're not going to not yeah. appreciate it if you put in the work. So yeah, he needs true. to take advantage of this phase because then that creates positive competition within the team. Like how we're going to see positive competition, see. hopefully in the future in different positions like this is this is a good problem for us is will mudrik be done by the derby i hope it's done so i mean i'll, I'll be imagine bringing him on for a debut for a debut goal in the derby of I, i don't think it's because they had, i think the ukraine league had a break so i think they shakta mm. on like a mid season pre season kind of situation in turkey mm. so i don't think he's fit i think he, he needs a couple of weeks if he mm. when he comes in Yeah, but I mean, it could be one of those those Anthony situations where you just bring him in and then just he's clearly not fit. He he needs to get get in into the thick of things, but just scores a goal anyway. Yeah, but I mean, speaking of Anthony, yeah, let's let's move into the United talk of this episode. Quietly chugging along, uh, beating opposition they would have lost to, which I saw them lose to in the last year or so. And I hope you're not talking about Charlton. No, 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 no. I mean, talking about the other teams. Charlton was a, was a nice little run out. Um, I think Charlton was Anthony had that first goal, and then they brought on the yeah. big guns in the second half to just close it out. But the things Casemiro is doing with the ball, I haven't seen a player do from from centre midfield for ten years, if not longer. It's it's almost like it, at times he makes it. like we I still can't believe united went for him and got him and there are days i'm just like how how is casemiro in the united midfield and how is he infinitely better than every other midfielder in the in the, in the team who is single handedly revitalized um the way united play he keeps the ball moving forward and there i saw this wonderful pass map on on the athletic about comparing mctominay and freds passing um stats compared to to Casemiro's and even though Casemiro does go sideways often a lot of his progression plays is just forward he gets the ball quickly scans and bam or rather he's scanning before the ball's getting to him and the ball's moving forward and that invariably helps the way Ten Hag plays so so far <laughs> i i'm extremely happy with united's progress but the the lack of a striking option in spite of the money spent is alarming because almost, it's basically rashford a bust at this point no, i mean marshall's back uh, he's there and there about i'm going to be i'm going to be that guy it's 8 years he's been 8 years it's not going to happen if it didn't happen in the last 8 years it's not going to happen in the ninth year but it's, i think i think going back to the casemiro point i think it's important to note eriksen's influence and that oh for sure duo like i don't think one can do anything without the other because it, it gives ten hag so many more options creatively in the attacking half of the pitch like you can see the For, difference when eriksen doesn't play when casemiro's playing 
I honestly thought Eriksen would come in as a replacement for Bruno or rather just as someone to help uh, take up Bruno's minutes when he bas- he plays nearly every other game this season. But no, he's all he's sitting in that pivot in midfield and that's allowed Bruno to push up into um into the number 8 the number 10 space and like more freedom like yeah. a bit curtail last season because yeah because ronaldo was basically occupying the space that he would uh, occupy or rather everyone was forced to funnel the ball to ronaldo cuz cristiano ronaldo um and that and, and the way that ended was obviously very sad to me cuz given where he's ended up at this could have waited 6 months easily and it all basically came down to his ego <laughs> Un, like an unnecessarily unnecessary drama it is just if you've seen top gun there's a line in there about uh, writing check ego writing checks your body can't cash so <laughs> that's essentially where um, you know i've written before. too far too many of them in the last couple of years Oh, for sure, man. Like there have been some of them. Some of the signings have just boggled your mind. Obviously, you, you, if you think about it, the transfer strategy is always and has always been to sell shirts. Uh, and as much as the Glazers have pumped money, they've just done so without any direction, any lack of structure, and they refuse to let go because they're such control freaks. Uh, Avram Glazer I think one of one of the Glazers was it Joel Joel is the one that sits in on the transfers and he would basically delay the process by a significant number of weeks and causing the player to go elsewhere there's a wonderful story about Hakimi's agent introducing um him to to Matt Judge and Matt Judge had no idea who he was and this was when he went to, before he went to Dortmund and uh, his agent was like listen this is a player you've got to know um he's going to tear tear up the world and i think hakimi come from the murdered academy right and he'd got it was just about they were shopping him around europe and mad judge said something along the lines of i don't know who you are this is manchester united and the agent decided that okay it's time to leave shit like this is what <laughs> absolutely what uh, drives me nuts um but now that that sale is happening so hopefully somebody who comes in ends up fixing a lot of things including the stadium which is clearly running down there haven't been improvements to the stadium since 2005 since when they bought it i think when they bought it there were plans from the previous regime to have expanded on the stadium and at that time it was the best stadium in the country still it's been the same stadium the roof's leaking the, there's moss in the back it, it, it's it's not looking good But on the pitch on that note did you see Arsenal's unveiling of the new uh, artwork outside so oh, I did have I new saw artwork I, on the exterior I saw the uh, the the announcement for it I didn't see what the, what the artwork was have they removed yeah. the, the the five players holding like with their backs to the yeah yeah um, so it's right. it's, it's the, on that uh, I'm making this point because on the stadium improvement note so this is the mm. one of the phases of improving them it's uh, over the course of the next few years so we've got new screens we've got mm. a new uh you know entry system in place i think they've improved the machines now this is the one thing and then they we also fixing the roof and all those kind of things so you know what happened, to the, like, <laughs> what happened to the crown case the sudden change in mood i think i think the biggest change that people don't realize is i think they got once they got the full ownership is when you started seeing mm. these changes mm. 
So because there was a lot of turmoil on the board uh, between the David Dean left and mm-hmm. Wenger left, I think there was huge boardroom turmoil in terms of the acquisition. So I think once they've completed the complete acquisition, they they have full control, and that's mm-hmm. why there's now like a clear direction in which they're trying to do things at least. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, but coming back to the United game, uh, United performance is off late rather. they've things look good but it's like i think ten hag has won 20 of his last 27 games he he lost to aston villa and it had to be bloody aston villa because who had the new manager bounce and they ended up losing losing to stevenage i think about 5 days ago yeah and ever and ever since then he's been on a game winning run but i feel i strongly feel that comes to an end um this week and and for reasons you mentioned or other like something you mentioned uh just before when you, when you were talking if he plays eriksen and casemiro in midfield we are about to get over on like mad it happened and casemiro didn't play in the in the reverse fixture when united were resoundingly thumped the game was over at 4-0 in the first half i think haland had a hat trick just after the half but it was more or less settled and he played eriksen in the double pivot and eriksen just kept getting bypassed phil fordon was making a runs off of him and eriksen just couldn't track him if that happens again um then it's curtains so it's going to be a horrible horrible um crash down to earth for the united faithful but i'm excited to see how that game progresses i the thing he should do he should play fred in that game i know he doesn't get the creative um freedom that that or rather the, the creative side of the game that Eriksen does but if he plays Fred in that game Fred's a great water carrier he'll take the ball from one end of the pitch to the other and he's not too bad defensively defensively as long as he doesn't have McTominay next to him so I'm excited to see what happens there I th- I think it's going to be a close game I think everyone's going to go like City going to do it again but I think it's going to be way closer than last time <laughs> yeah for sure like, I think yeah one of the few things that pep does is he goes like left field in some of these games he could go left field you know and really surprise everyone and it could be it could go that way or i think from compared to last time if you see casemiro's way more solid now settled into the league the lisandro martinez waran partnership is key clearly harry maguire is you know out of the I, team i, I, I don't think like, martinez is is playing this game i think luke shaw is playing center back Oh, he's not good enough, but he's back. No, I, he's back. He's easing him back in, but I think the derby comes too close, too quickly for him. I believe that's why Luke Shaw has been playing at centre back for the last couple of weeks. Uh, I, I mean, I hope Martinez be, plays because if Martinez plays, it'll be a good game. It'll be fun, and, um, but I'm curious. I still I'm really feel curious. that Malaysia side is is the weak weakness. Yeah, he's he's learning. He only gets better with each game. There are certain times. I, I remember the Arsenal game was when the first time he had a really torrid experience against uh, against Saka. Because Saka was twisting him left, right, and up until then he he dealt well with Salah. He dealt well with whatever was coming down that wing. So he's he's a young kid. He'll get better. But as long as uh, you don't play Maguire, I think you might have to play Maguire in a two. It's like. I mean you might have to play him in a 3 because you want to like I've, I've seen a lot of teams combat the Haaland issue by 
really sticking a big man on him. Like Everton did a pretty good job of it. I think Tarkovsky kind of moved him around a little bit. And even Chelsea, for the most part, with Kulabali, they kind of kept hard and quiet. He had that one chance in the first half in the game yeah. in the bridge. So you might need to like shuffle him around a little bit and not get him let him get that run on you. I'm, uh, I would say three to City, but United will be in the game. I think two one. I don't think it. Ten uh, Hag lets it get that much, that far, or it could, or it could be five nil. Who knows? I have no idea. <laughs> no, I think it's going to be a close game. I don't know. If and it's a good time as well. Much. Saturday lunchtime kickoff. City <laughs> plays play tonight, right? I think we're playing. They're playing right now against. Uh... They're playing Palace, I think. Yeah, Palace of the Cup, right? Yeah. <laughs> Could be, but no. That so, to kick off the weekend with the derby is going to be good. Right, and I think the last last game of the weekend is also the derby, right? I think yeah. you have Spurs, like both the derbies are bookending the yeah uh, the game week. But yeah, I'm I'm interested to see um, where United end up. I think if you were to go top four predictions right now, where would you where would you see yourself aligning? I would still say City, Arsenal, United, Newcastle. Yeah, I think City, Arsenal, United, Newcastle. Purely because the other two competitors are having terrible seasons. Now let's let's quickly spend a few minutes on Liverpool. Who I think the team is done. I, I think that the physically end of the cycle. Yeah, they're just wiped out. And it's no fault of anyone. I think it's time to, to replenish the midfield. And Klopp has this weird loyalty uh, to his uh, to his players that's kind of forcing him to not see the issue. I mean, he's not... As a thing with Klopp, he's not taking any responsibility for any of this. Like, even early in the season, he needs to recognize that it's the end of the cycle, it's fine. Like, he needs some time to rebuild again. But again, now with the whole situation at Liverpool, is that going to happen? And we've seen Klopp not last. His eight-year thing goes on at Dortmund and even the previous club. It's, I, I have, I don't agree with this, but this is the first time I'm seeing like actual people who are Klopp out. And no, why? There's this no is reason we Klopp out. Like, no, because they believe that his stubbornness is costing them. Uh, a finish in the league. They believe that his refusal to adapt to a new system around the system that he has been playing since day one because it's worked is ultimately causing their downfall. And to, to a degree, they are right because, yes, they play helpful leather football, um, an absolute nightmare to play against. But if you look around the team, there are these small little stories unfolding. Virgil van Dijk is not the player he was. Trent has finally played himself back into form. The midfield is gone. Henderson's legs uh, went last year, if not uh, yeah. if not earlier. Fabinho seems to have fallen off a cliff. And Thiago, as much as I really admire the player, is just not fit enough to play a consistent number of games. Yes, the Luis Diaz and the, Diago and the, and the Jota injury play a huge part. But going trying to sign Cody Gakpo 
without addressing the the midfield issue for me is a strange one it is but once uh, i think klopp is won everything there is to win at liverpool like i don't understand why that some of the fans are like klopp out like it's 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 it, everything's a cycle like he needs to now rebuild replenish and they go again and we all like even the years where liverpool finished like a point behind you say oh no how how can liverpool come back next season they come back yeah like i think he's already proven to be in these situations and come back so like you can someone who's achieved so much at like liverpool i mean i'm i don't like klopp but i'll say like you got to respect him oh for sure i i respect him too. i i really wanted him at united when he was at dortmund because i saw this this absolute mad mad hatter uh, standing at the in the dugout for, in, in at the signal iduna park but is, all out says that his heavy metal football has turned into like k-pop or something like that no, <laughs> it's yeah it's not it's, it's not no heavy metal football heavy, uh, it's, it's like um, it's, it's music for geriatrics at this point yeah it's 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 not it's not yeah. working um, but now like the, you can see the malay spread like you can see a lot of things have happened at once like we just mentioned the little stories right i think sala's influence in the game has waned a lot like he's so much so that when he he i knew he scores goals and as someone who plays a lot of fpl after the first game week i looked at sala and said i don't need you in my team yeah you might score the odd goal you might get the odd assist you might have that one week where you absolutely haul but i'm not seeing the influence that that goal scoring terror that was absolutely ripping defenses apart in the last couple I, of seasons that's why I, like i was i like made this point someone earlier like it was a bad decision to sell mane instead of sala they should have kept mane, mane and sold sala go. that was the problem right like i think i think mane had realized he was always going to play second fiddle and he decided to leave not that he's pulling up any trees at, at bayern either but He's not, but it just worked for the system. Like he was the one I feel was the unsung hero. Yeah, and for sure. You you can't let a player like that go just like that. That I, I think if, if Diaz had remained uninjured, you wouldn't have felt it as much. But his absence after Mane being sold has really, really uh, caused the chickens to to come home to roost. Well, now what? Salah's thirty plus, I think. Thirty, thirty-one, easy, yeah. Yeah, so he's he's going to start winning now. Like you can't pay that guy whatever he's getting paid post thirty now, and now you're trying to rebuild a team around him instead of rebuilding a team around someone much younger. Yeah, but I still feel Liverpool are smart enough to fix their shit to a certain degree. but who i am not very sure of is whatever is happening at chelsea now <laughs> i'm loving this it this is i'm ab- <laughs> i'm absolutely loving it like it's a it's a circus of epic proportions it's like the 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 twitter says right todd bowley's like i think on the twitter timelines and whoever sees he thinks clubs are going to sign like he's going for like he thinks this is like you know some like simmies in Where he thinks he like, can just go in and get anyone he wants, and it's going to work out. Like he spent what four hundred million is coming. Exactly. So, in football manager, there's a there's a tab under the transfer window where you can view rumors, 
Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what Todd Bowley is doing. He's viewing rumors and deciding <laughs> signing players. But I'm absolutely loving it. Like these guys deserve it. Like after the years <laughs> and years of all this nonsense. Like I'm not saying anything, but I'm not like I hope it continues for way longer than these guys expect it. Uh, the financial doping years have come have come home finally. Uh, but Chelsea, Chelsea looked like they're in a mess. I, before we began recording, I noticed Aubameyang apparently is trying to get himself to go back to Barcelona ASAP. Yeah, but he can't according to FIFA rules because he's already played for two clubs this season. What, really? That's the thing? Yeah, so there's, it's a FIFA rule. You can't play for more than two clubs. He's already signed for Barcelona earlier and then now it's time for Chelsea. He, he, the only club he can go back to, I think, is Barcelona. According yeah, to He wants to go back to Barca. Is, is, that's the thing. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to happen with the rule that is in place. Yeah, so it's interesting. Uh, but didn't, It's a strange one. Didn't that, Rob, yeah. But didn't Robbie Keane do something like this where he was signed for... He moved from Spurs to Liverpool and it didn't work out. When the window window, he moved back to Spurs. Yeah, but he went to the same club. Yeah, so I don't know if... if so the difference uh, here is he's played... He, now he's for two different clubs and the limit is two. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because he played... All right. Okay, that, that yeah. makes sense. I finally, yeah, I finally got yeah. around to that. Ooh, he, he looks like a fish out of water there. Actually, every signing... The attack looks like it's the most disjointed attack that to have ever existed in the Premier League. You have... I don't know what... Is Kajavitz a 9 or is he a 10? Or is he a, an inside forward? What is he? Do you watch that game? Which was that... Who did they play last? Against City. Against City. Right, yeah. Like, he's receiving the ball and there's no forward movement. Like, he's, like he's supposed to be pushing the ball forward, pushing the play forward, and he's going all the way back. There's so many instances <laughs> where he could have played Obayan. And he's just, he's not yeah. seen it. it Pulisic is out not... for two months now. Yeah. He's gone. I think, yeah, Pulisic is done. Sterling, I think, is just a couple of weeks. Uh, Mason Mount, oh my God. I've never seen a fan base that hates a player as much as a, the Chelsea fan base hates Mason Mount. And he's not as bad as... Spurs player. Who's that Spurs player who's similar to that? Um, ah. when did he that play? guy who played under porch young guy I forget it Soldado no, no. but Mount I think is the most like overrated player I don't know how he gets selected for England how I he gets to start week in week out the perfect Klopp player I think Klopp will take him and absolutely run him to the ground and make him press all over the bloody pitch. I, like if I think he's running down his contract, or they're trying to get him on a 300k per week contract, which is not going to happen, um, given the way things are progressing. What is surprise? What is even more surprising is all these players signing for Chelsea and saying, "Oh, I love the project." I love, <laughs> what I love project? Yeah, like even Sterling said when he signed. Remember, he said. Oh, I, lo- I loved what, what I heard before signing for the club. I was like, what? Why would you sign for a club if you want to be like moving forward and doing like going in a positive direction? Why would you go to Chelsea right now? For Sterling to succeed at Chelsea, you need a number nine who's capable of playing as a target man. Now we all know Lukaku could, even if he'd stayed, 
was not going to be that guy because he can't play as a target man. And this is someone who's seen him extensively play for United as a target man and fail miserably. And he went to Inter, did great, great things. And now I think Inter want to send him back as well. Even they're done with his shit. So yeah, uh, it's and when he went to Chelsea, the Tuchel tried to play him as a target man and didn't end up working. So that's out of the question. And now there's no focal point. Chelsea are hoofing the ball up the pitch to Raheem Sterling, who must be all of five foot five or five foot six, if not shorter. <laughs> like, and now, as if you didn't have enough false nine forwards, in comes Joao Felix on a six month deal. For, at 16 million for, for six months, I think he, he makes, they pay him 750,000 per game that equates to at this point, or they pay Atletico anyway. It's insane. No buyback clause. He goes back to Atletico at the end of the summer yeah. and Diego Simeone is gone. I think that's what, that's one of the main points where Arsenal and United just said no because, because of the fee sure. and a, he was signing deal. a renewed contract. It's an absolutely stupid deal. And I, I don't know. Once again, Todd Burley is viewing rumors in the transfer tab on Football Manager. It'd be like, okay, I need to sign him. He had the the, yeah. the Shakhtar boys uh, in the box the other day, right? For the Chelsea game. Yeah. Make of that what you will. Yeah, I think Chelsea only spent about 60-odd million in this transfer window. Yeah. Uh, Badishile they bought in. I think they bought yeah. in that for far. Uh, so they've already spent more than 60 million on we don't even know like what these guys are about. It's crazy. If, you know the part person I really feel bad for? I feel bad for Grant Potter. I, I really feel bad for him because he should have gone to Spurs last year. And I think that would have been the right move uh, for both parties involved. It would have suited him better. I think the club would have suited him better. Not even that. I don't think he gets the spotlight cast on him the way this is like he's having a boy season and he's no and he's a far better batter than whatever's being put on display. Uh if you look at just look at the performances. One, the senior staff, it's very evident that the senior staff don't respect him or his ideologies. Uh to he's got the entire his backroom staff from Brighton, I think. Yeah, but then you have your Champions League winners there who are like, I have more trophies than you have in your entire career. Like, why should I listen to you? And this is the Moyes problem. This is the Moyes-Fergie, post-Fergie season problem where you have a good manager who's just not ready to make that big jump yet. And especially with a club that is so wired to winning and if you don't win, they fire you. Ancelotti got sacked in the tunnel. This is Carlo Ancelotti we're talking about. And he won the league the last year, no? Exactly. He won a double for them. And, he, and they were scoring goals for fun that year. I guess what, what goes around comes around. I thought they could do this forever and ever and ever and nothing would happen. Like now, I saw, <laughs> spending money on players instead of spending money on managers, which they'll eventually do at some point. And then they think they can just be at the top or sit on the top table again. Like it just doesn't they work won't. that way. I think they want Zidane now. I think the name that's being batted about is Zinedine Zidane uh, and Luis Enrique as two viable replacements. Of course, no, they, the unanimous decision or rather unanimous opinion is to bring Thomas Tuchel back, which firing him made no sense. Uh, it, it seemed like a, 
like a power move on Todd Bowley's part. I think realistically this season is a write off for Chelsea because Porter's I think signed a five year deal. Yeah. They can't afford to sack him in the first year. They'll probably give him sure? half a season next year or if things go well next season and then that's about it. I think he's gone by the end of the season and I say this because things are going to get very poisonous. Uh, it's going to get bad before it gets better and I think unfortunately for Graham Potter his head will be his head on the chopping block is what seems would seem to be the most viable thing for for Chelsea to do for no fault of his own. Yeah but he I, like like even I think he said earlier in the presser today everyone goes through the tough moments in the beginning like even Pep yeah. didn't win the league the first year even like a lot of managers right so I think give him the season give him like maybe half of next season if things are still bad then you know he's off you can't do it. no two ways about it no two ways about it but I, I'm enjoying it to a certain degree uh, I'm loving it I hope he stays and stay <laughs> mid-table for at least another decade and <laughs> like I saw I saw a clip of a Chelsea fan saying but we're, we're about to turn to prime AFTV or rather we're turning into prime AFTV where a lot of the other club's fans show up to clown on us and uh, he I, I, he's right because I did watch a video over the weekend and it just it was like the circus has come to town the circus has really come to town in, in West London now they start watching like other teams play and stuff like that you know I can't yeah. about it. I'll just watch the highlights now. <laughs> but like, but I know for a lot of the London, the London clubs are extremely ecstatic. You see, you've seen that Mbappe meme. Uh, uh, I, I will be be there no matter what. <laughs> to to and that's basically you have this reviewing gallery of all the London clubs watching Chelsea's downfall. It, I find it quite funny. It's it's been a very entertaining set of weeks watching them come to terms with. With you, Reggie. This was Chelsea before Roman. That's about it. It's exactly what Chelsea were before Roman. Interesting. I look forward to it. But I think we're just about coming up to the end. Or rather, we're at the end. Uh, but we'll be back again next week. Because I have a cold that is just seemingly catching up on me. And it seems to be getting progressively yeah. worse. Uh, uh, hopefully, you better for next week because again two big games City Tottenham oh, and Arsenal United Arsenal United is something is a, is a game I'm really looking forward to it'll, it'll be a fun and I'm going to I'm going to be there on the 22nd oh, oh, I, I am actually more worried about that game than I'm worried about the, the derby that game is the one that scares me because we don't usually have a good record there or at least in the last couple of years so it'll, it'll be interesting to see but it's cool, dude. A good Thank. couple of weeks, yeah. Oh yeah, but, but thanks for coming on. That's been it was yeah, great next week. Chatting again. We'll in catch up again next week. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. see you soon. You you take care. You. Stay safe. Yeah, and everyone, thanks. we'll see you. see you soon. Cheers.